Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody welcome to another episode of the creators outlet as always please subscribe comment and share and just in case this is tvma not safe for work and we welcome our special guest tonight andy first man smith i am not safe for work that is damn right fna that's right lorenzo welcome back slee stack Hated the slee stacks when I was a kid. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Except for the except for the one that could talk. Yeah, except for e- that one. Enoch. Just, Enoch, yeah. yeah. They were just so damn creepy when I was a kid. I'm like, I'm a kid. Why are you showing me this? These are these things are creepy. They they were zomb they were ba- they were lizard zombies before uh, we got George Romero in the picture and he gave us real ones. That's true. So weird. Like, <laughs> man. Very cool. So, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you give us uh, some background on yourself of uh, of your career? I know it's been uh, very uh, very lengthy, and the uh, 
in the publishing industry so far? Yeah, you know, I started drawing comics professionally for DC in 1991. Uh, so in uh, this past May, a couple months ago, I hit my 30th anniversary working in the business. And uh, man, I tell you, it, it really does feel like yesterday. I can still remember starting on that first script with the blank page in front of me and having a little anxiety going on. And, and years later, I realized I had anxiety issues. Who knew? Um, so, uh, so yeah, I started for DC, uh, did some stuff for them for about a year and went over to Marvel and worked, worked for them for a year and a half, maybe year, well, maybe a little longer than that. And, uh, jumped over to image and worked for my buddy, Bart Sears for ominous press. The first go around, uh, that was in 93. I moved up there fall of 93. So in Syracuse, that is from Florida. So that was fun going from nice warm weather to uh, the freezing Syracuse. Um, but it all worked out. I got to, you know, I, met I went my to wife college there. there. Did you really? That's, yeah. It's a great college. I mean, I've been to oh, games yeah. at the Dome. Um, I saw Donovan, Donovan McNabb play when he was in school still. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a great school. I mean, great town. I just, it's that climate up there for yeah. three months at you or not three months for eight months out of the year. You know, you're getting snow in September and snow in April sometimes. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's harsh. Some, sometimes even after that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, just, that was, <coughs> it, that was it's way, crazy. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Buffalo. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, if it, if it snows like a foot today, it might melt three inches tomorrow, but then it's going to sm- snow one of the two and a half feet the next day. Right. Right. You know, but yeah, there's no way of getting out in front of it. And eventually uh, you're, you're just buried and you're taking snowshoes to class. Oh, dude, I would, where I lived, my the house I was living in renting was in the snow belt, but the studio Bart and I shared wasn't. So I dig my way out, go to the studio in the morning. Studio would be fine. Maybe a few, maybe some flurries throughout the day. I'd drive back home. I have to dig my way into my driveway because the snow went right through there all day. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> like I need to just trade my vehicle in for a plow. I know, seriously. <laughs> well, I, well, the funny thing is, I moved up there with a sports car. And I moved up there in November, and within a month, I traded it in and got a four-wheel drive uh, uh, two-door SUV. So, yeah, man, it was it sucked. Um, but I made good friends, and, you know, I have fond memories of, of stuff. So it's all good. Um, so anyhow, so yeah, so did that. And then, you know, I worked for Valiant Acclaim on EXO and back to Marvel and worked on a few X things over there and back to DC and then did the cross gen thing in the early two thousands in Tampa. I loved cross gen. It was fun. I enjoyed the books. Um, you know, it's, it, it, I can't definitively say, God, I wish it was still happening because it was such good times. Um, because I am having fun obviously doing my own thing now, mm-hmm. but before I started doing this, you know, when I was after cross you know, I went back to DC and Marvel and stuff. 
I can easily say, you know, five, six years ago, man, I wish cross gen was still around, you know, cause it was fun. I, you know, I, everybody that moved there to, to work under one roof was settling down in a way of buying houses and whatnot. You know, some people still live in that area of Florida uh, because they bought a house, they loved the weather and they stayed, you know, other people, obviously like myself, we moved, but I remember buying a house, you know, we bought a house because we thought this is it, this is where we're going to live. And, and with this, with the stableness of the job, we were like, you know what, let's have a kid. We had a kid, you know, really just kind of trying to put down roots and stuff. And, you know, then the whole thing kind of imploded and it was like, no, <laughs> but you know, you adjust, you, you move on and and just kind of go with the flow. And I'm I'm always the type of guy that's like, you know, if something happens, it happens for a reason. It might not seem like it's a good reason at that time, but as time bears out, looking back on it, you can go, yeah, that was, you know, it was difficult then, but it was definitely for a good reason. Is how I look at things. Um, yeah. So after that, back to the mainstream, moved up to where we live now in North Carolina. And, uh, you know, last year or so I was, I was contemplating what other stuff I wanted to do and thought, you know what, I really would like to do my own stuff. And it, you know, it kind of worked out to where I could and crowdfunding was getting bigger and stuff. So I said, let's just try it. So that is, uh, that is my career in a nutshell. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it worked out quite well. Yeah. So I actually just oh, yeah. scored uh, the the cross gen art book that covered like the entire oh, yeah. the entire run. Yep. Uh, yep. Somebody put that up on uh, Facebook Marketplace uh, oh. like last year for like five bucks. I go, sure, I'll take a twenty five dollar art book for five bucks any day of the week. Yeah, I think it might have been more than that. I'm just. Yeah, I'm sure it's back there on my bookshelf. I know I have it, so I'm pretty sure I know where it's at. Um, yeah, that was a, you know that was a nice book. I mean, we put out CrossGen put out quality stuff. We definitely, I think, up the game for people to take notice and go, "Damn, we get." And I'm talking Marvel and DC to take notice and go, "These guys have definitely upped the game. We need to uh, up ours as well." And mm -hmm. I think. Out of the three and a half, four years the company was around, I don't believe one single book shipped late. So, no, I I had uh, I had more trouble just keeping up with the, uh, <laughs> the books. Every so while there was like a heavy crush gen week, and then of oh, course yeah. uh, the other two buffoons decided they were going to have a heavy shipping week too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, well, I got a hundred dollars. Um, uh, give me all the cross gen and then, and, and Batman. And if there's anything left over, just go is go until you're out of a hundred dollars. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. Like I said, uh, a lot of, I have a lot of good memories there. I don't have many, many bad ones. I know some people would say the reverse just because they're not, you know, not everybody's meant to be in that studio type atmosphere, you mm -hmm. know, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't like in the beginning, uh, Mark Alessi, the guy who founded the place was a little more, uh, I guess you could say, um, 
stringent with wanting people to be there between eight and five, you know, cause he was like, I don't understand. Why can't, why can't, uh, you know, you guys get a salary, you get, you get vacation days, you get sick days, blah, blah, blah. I just want you to do your work between eight and five. If you just do a page a day, you'll be on schedule. You can go home at night, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't, uh, he didn't, um, he didn't understand that, you know, like that worked for me. I've always been a morning guy. And part of it was when I first got into the business. Sure, I was single. Sure, I could I could make my own hours. But, you know, comic book artists even today are few and far between. And all the friends I had where I lived, you know, I was 21 years old. They all had we were all about the same age and they all had normal jobs nine to five. So if I want to hang out with my friends at night and go to a bar, I would, I should draw during the day, <laughs> you know, and then I'd go out, go to a bar, close it down, you know, 2 a.m. We'd all get up the next day. They'd have to go to work, but I'd just have to go into a different room of the house and, uh, and, you know, shake off the hangover and get to work and rinse and repeat. But there were some guys at CrossGen um, that... You know, there were some guys at CrossGen that liked to work. You know, they'd come in at like one in the afternoon and stay till two in the morning. You know, and it was hard for Mark to wrap his head around that. But eventually he did. You know, after a few months, he realized, you know what? If this is what it takes for these guys to get their work done, as long as the books come out on time, whatever. I just, you know, it basically got to a point where it was like, I want to make sure I see people uh, in here at some point between eight and five. Cause you know, Mark would get there around eight or nine and he'd stay till six or seven, but he wanted to at least see everybody's face in that window. So he can at least be like, okay, I know you're here or whatever. All right. I'm out at six 30, you know, whatever guys you want to hang out till 2 AM, knock your socks off. Cause we all had key cards and stuff. And, um, you know, and there was a bunch of people. It wasn't like one or two. I'd say there was 30% of the art art staff would work those nutty hours, you know, if not maybe 40%. So, you know, to each their own. I like getting in, getting in around 7 o'clock and leaving around 6. So that's my thing or was my thing. So was now now your thing is just to do it, do it at home. Yeah, well, and, you know, out of 30 years doing it for a living, you know, you got those three years in studio, and then I shared a studio with a couple other artists, just on my own. You know, we'd be like, hey, you want to rent some studio space so we don't have to work by ourselves? Yeah, let's do it. So I did that in the early 90s for a couple of years. You know, I'd say in total, probably six years of my career, I've worked out of the house where I drove somewhere, but, you know, 24 years, it's just going to a different part of the house, and sitting down and doing it so yeah i uh i I met i met your friend uh bart many many moons ago oh uh when he was in the art department at hasbro oh wow yeah long time ago uh he uh he used to come into my lcs because the manager at the time now the owner uh used to work at Hasbro and he knew him from working on the lines and, 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 you know, doing the original, you know, the original 
uh, breakout three and three quarter uh, yeah. Joe lines and everything. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, back back in the day, would it be like, okay, we're we're done with this stuff. Hey, you go throw this in the trash. You know, right. The the original Joe painting. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, if we were smart, the trash was the back of our car. Uh, yeah, I know a few. I do know a few of those pieces survived. I mean, I know Bart doesn't have any. Mm. Um, I've seen a couple cops designs that he did uh, that were on Heritage. That I actually Heritage puts up great scans of artwork, so I actually saved JPEGs of them because I was like, "Oh my God, these are fantastic!" Um, I wish I would have known when the auctions were live because I might have been like, "Oh, let's see if I could bid on one," because it would have been fun to be able to own a piece of that stuff. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, that stuff was yeah. I mean, I remember Bart would tell me because I didn't know him then. I didn't meet him until 1990. But he tell me how, yeah, that stuff would just get chucked. And I'm like, oh, my God. Because <laughs> it's confidential. Yeah. You know, can't let those designs out. And it's like, well, come on. After the toys are released, who gives a shit? Put them out there. You know? Yeah, he, so. used, to, he, used, to come into the, he used to come into the shop uh, with, uh, like, a couple other guys from Hasbro. Yeah. And they would just be looking around for, uh, you know, source material ideas and in, in, in some of the books. So yeah. they come they come in and pick up some of the most recent, you know, releases for uh for GI Joe so they could get idea to, you know, to get the juices flowing and everything. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Wow. I'll have to tell him that. I talked to him earlier today too. So that's funny. I just uh I just uh came by his uh his in early uh I think in early uh Brutes and Babes. Where he released it, and it wasn't in book form. It was oh, like an op- oversized yeah. postcard form. That yeah. one, yeah. Oh, I remember. I found that one. I go, "What are they doing with this?" He goes, "Oh, they're trying something new." I go, "I don't think it's working, but it's cool art from Bart, so I don't care." Uh- oh, I remember his. Mo- I remember being at his mom's garage stuffing all those. So we oh, put man. all those. There was no, uh, there was no. Oh, the printer does it. No, the printer sends us all the material, and we had to separate it all into the separate cards and that fold, that fold over cover, stuff mm-hmm. them onto the plastic, fold over the plastic. Oh yeah, I think my wife even came over to help one afternoon. It was, oh my god, brutal. <laughs> it was, it was brutal. It was, it was brutal doing that. I think that he realized after that, like, yeah, we're not doing this again. We're like, yeah. And, you know, the funny thing was we were like, you know, there's two, there's, there's good rationale for everything. And the rationale for that was new company coming out of the gate, something different. It'll be memorable. The Mm -hmm. other, the flip side to that coin is new company coming out of the gate, just do a comic book. So everybody, so it's, so it's new, but it's a comic book people are used to. And then maybe three or four months down the road, do that new idea. So people are already settled in and comfortable with something they're used to before you slap something that out of the box on them. So, eh, live and learn. You know, I, I still have it uh, once every few years. I uh, I open it up, look at it, and I go, yeah, this was cool. Uh, don't know why I bought it now, but <laughs> it's just cool. I put it back in there and it goes at the end of the box. 
Well, it's a, you know, it's a story on one side and then character bio stuff on the other side. Yeah. So. It, you know, it was, a, it was a, it was a cool idea and uh, uh, probably like way ahead of its time, you know? Yeah. So I you think know, some... something like that now, especially with uh, crowdfunding campaigns, something like that as a stretch goal would probably be cool. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it as a standalone campaign with that format, but I think as a stretch goal, that could be cool. Yeah. You know, as, tell as, a story that you, way. As long as you didn't have to box them all up into that little plastic thing. Yeah. I, you know, uh, you can just have somebody put them in a bag and see. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think putting them in a bag with a backboard, because I still go to, sh- obviously I still go to shows, but I go to shows and, you know, on a normal year, normal show schedule so obviously not these past two i'd say i'd probably do 10 shows a year nine or ten and i'd say at least two of them if i'm going through a dollar box or two dollar box i'll see it and it'll still be in that plastic case i mean little you know the case is a little flattened some of course but Mm -hmm. i tell you what those cards inside are in nice shape because that case was sturdy so oh yeah I put it, I put it like at the end of one of my boxes, like yeah. I'll, I'll have like a, I'll probably have like a small trade or a prestige yeah. issue at the end. So it's like squared off. And then yeah. I put that like at, at the far end of it. I'm like, okay, uh, that way it's in a box. So I know it's in one of these 150 boxes and uh, <laughs> just oh. go from there. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I got way too much stuff. No, I hear you. I don't know. My friend Dennis has a crap ton as well. I don't know what 150 works out to in regards to quantity. I guess 300 times 150 because 300 is the average for a box. But um, yeah, my buddy Dennis has, oh, I guess he doesn't have that many because I think he's in the 20,000 range of comics. 25,000 range, something like that. Mm. So he's got them all in the drawer boxes. So he can access oh, them. Yeah. They're all alpha. He's very anal. They're all alphabetical. They're all numerical, which is nice. So I can go over yeah. to his house and be like, I'd like to see this. He's like, not a problem. Shwoop, it's right here. So, yeah, I, I tried to do that for like the longest, not in the, not in the draw boxes, but I tried to keep everything organized. Uh, but then I would, you know, spend like two or $300 a week on comics. So, Right. There was no, there, there very was no way because yeah. you know before in a blink of an eye, like four long boxes are filled up, and now you have to tear all those boxes apart to like reorganize them. And yep. I finally went, uh, "Screw this!" And I go, "They're bagged, they're boarded, they're in a box, they're here." Exactly. You know? Yeah, I mean that's so. I'm in between you and uh, my friends. His name's Dennis. We do a show called the Dennis and Andy Show, and. Uh, He's also a comic grader and appraiser for insurance mm-hmm. companies and stuff. And I'm in between. So like the comics, you can kind of see behind me. They're in drawer boxes. They're alphabetized. But if you if you go to like the A section, it's not alphabetized. So it might be Amazing Spider-Man. And then after that, it might be Alpha Flight, which is not alphabetized correctly. You know what I mean? So, so I have the A's and then I have the B's. But the A's are all together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I said I'm halfway, I'm between you and Dennis because Dennis is straight up 
you go to the A's, what it, it is alphabetized. It is numerical. It is just boom, boom, boom. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I can find my stuff and I don't have nearly as much. I've got one, two, three, four, five, 15, 20. I've got like 22 long boxes. So I don't have that many. So, well, I, I plan on getting rid of at least 50 boxes. Oof. See, that's hard, man. Cause like I tell myself, all right, you're going to go through once a year. I tell myself, you're going to go through your stuff. You're going to fill up at least, at least one long box to get rid of. And by the time I'm done, I have like not even a quarter of a long box. So I'm just like, no, sure. I haven't looked at it in a year, but no, I can't part with it. Put it right back. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff I read that I liked and I wanted to keep. And I'm like, I don't need it. I read it. Right. I know it. It's in the back. It's in the back of my head because there's nothing in my head that isn't a useless fact, usually about uh, you know, science fiction and comic books. And yeah, but see, I did that too. Same. I did that to the extent of going, you know what? I can get rid of this six issue miniseries, get the trade paperback, which is a lot thinner because there's no ads, mm-hmm. throw it on my bookshelf. But now I'm kicking myself for a few things because I did it with the first Punisher miniseries. And now the first Punisher miniseries has gone up in value a lot. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I had those. They were all near mint. When I got rid of them, they weren't worth a damn. So I didn't get anything for them because they weren't worth a damn. And now I go to a show and I see like the whole set for like 150 bucks. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So now I'm even on the fence of getting rid of limited series that I have. So I'm like, you just never know. You know, but. I mean, I bought the uh, one one of my favorite, uh, just one of my favorite X Men stories is uh, the Age of Apocalypse line. Oh yeah, and I scored the omnibus for that for twenty bucks off of Facebook. Wow, that's awesome! And I came across uh, my entire run, including. All the all the runoff issues from the other X titles I wasn't collecting. Yeah. And you know, but I'm like, well, I gotta have them all. And uh now it's killing me because now uh Hasbro's releasing all those uh all those action figures. And I'm like, but I don't wanna spend two hundred and twenty-five dollars on a set of Marvel Legends figures, <laughs> most of which aren't even from that set, just to put together Sugar Man. Right. I can just I can just take a Mr. Potato Head and uh, you know mess around with it with some modeling clay and yeah. just be a big sugar head. So you know I'm I'm fine with that. But yeah, um, yeah, and, and see that's the funny thing is I don't I don't collect a lot of action figures, but when I do and they come with that stupid body part to build a figure, I'm just like I don't want it. It's just going to go to waste. So I try to find figures at conventions that are loose because, you know, dealers will crack some so they can build the figure and sell the figure for more. Mm -hmm. And then they'll sell the loose figure. And I'm like, I'd rather buy the loose figure because then I don't even feel guilty about throwing the card and stuff away and the plastic. You know, it's just the little plastic bag that they put it in. I don't mind chucking that. It's a sandwich bag. And I got the figure I want without the extra garbage. So, yeah. Like I've I've got a bunch of the early uh, Marvel Legends, right? And uh, I I sold a, I sold off a couple of them because I'm like, 
I don't really care about these. And everybody's like, goes, oh, do you have like series one and two? I go, I've got series one through four. He goes, oh, you want to sell me your Ghost Rider? I go, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> he goes, why yeah. not? I go, well, because they just released Dark Star. So now I can put together uh, the entire run of the first champion series. <laughs> right, right. An yep. action figure. And I actually own all those books. Uh, they're not in mint condition. They they were well loved, but I yeah. You know, well, I mean, I, you know, I bought them out of an antique store for like two bucks a piece. You know, when I buy comics, I've got there are certain books I have that are in really nice condition. Um, but then there are books I just want, and as long as it's complete, I don't care. And I picked up like a, you know, the sub a Submariner number one from back in the day that John Buscema did. Mm-hmm. It's complete. It's not in great shape. I think I paid 30 bucks for it, but I don't care because, you know, it's a Submariner number one. I love that run by John Buscema. I've got the reprints in Tales to Astonish or whatever, whichever one they reprinted it. And, uh, you know, I got a number one that's been well read, but, you know, it's mine. But then there are other books that I do want, you know, like a nice 8.9.0 or, and honestly, if, if it's a book like that, I'd rather either, you know, I don't mind. I thought I'd never buy slap books and now I've probably got 10 or 12 of them. And, uh, but I don't mind because I have either reprints of them. Uh, well, that's just it. I have reprints of them. So I can look at those and the slab one is, you know, it's worth more. And I was telling my wife, I'm like, you know, this book and this doesn't hold true for everything. You just don't go buy a brand new book off the stands and go, I'm going to get it slabbed in 100 years, 20 years from now. It's worth something. Well, well not you'd, really. be su- you, you'd be surprised. There's all those no, people but- that get everything slabbed, which is why both those companies, CGC and CBCS, are always like so far behind. Yeah. Because like, you, have all the, got- you have all the pretty covers come out and, you know. Got- oh, no, I hear, I hear you. But I got like... Uh, I've had the book for years and I got it slabbed last year. I had the first appearance of the Avengers for a long time, you know, Avengers 57, whatever it is. I had it forever. And I'm like, I think I should get this slab because they put out a reprint. So I did. And it came back at an eight Oh, and I'm like, all right, that book's just going to continue to go up in value. So like the few, I, I'm, I only have a few, but the few that I have slabbed, I know for a fact that, if I give them to my daughter and she hangs on to them, you know, till she's my age or older. And if she does something with them, they're just going to go up in value. I mean, she's not going to retire off of the ones I have, but they're going to go up in value. So when she finally does something with them, you know, it'll be good for her. So, yeah, I've only, I've only got a, I've only got a few. I've got a, I jumped on an all-star squadron number one. Uh, Cause it was signed by Jerry Ordway. Nice. Uh, it's like, I think it's like an eight oaks, eight oh yeah. five, something like that. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of Lucio Perella's and, uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm even a bigger fan of Vampirella. I can't imagine why. Uh, and when they did, uh, they did the, uh, Vampirella versus the reanimator. Yeah. Which they did. The interiors were done, uh, in a brilliant way. So it was, it was great. Uh, but they did a uh, they he did this killer virgin variant for the for the first cover and uh, 
It's her holding up like the goblet of blood. It's, you know, very dark and moody because, well, it's Vampirella. Uh, and I have that one uh, signed by him. Oh, nice. Uh, graded. That one's that one's a 9-8. Uh, then I have uh, the Gray Line sketch cover uh, from Art Germ that he did for uh, with Superman and Supergirl on the cover of Action 1000. Oh, okay, yeah. And that's that's got a couple of sigs on it, and that's that's graded uh, 9-8. And then I have a triple sign Detective 880 uh, that's a 9-6. Oh, cool. And uh, that's it. I had a handful of other ones, and I'm like, okay, these are pretty. I looked at them. Uh, I displayed them. I got sick of looking at them. Uh, I sold them. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'll sell them and I'll, I'll, you know, back another project on Indiegogo or Kickstarter. And, uh, <laughs> there you, you go. Know, read some, read something new and different. You know, that's what I did today. I backed, uh, I backed the Sin Killer, and uh, Friday I haven't. Uh, there's another book I backed because I sold a stack of, I sold a stack of, uh, you know, a short stack of key comics to a buddy of mine. Yeah, and. Uh, it all, you know, it all worked out. He got stuff that he was looking for. Uh, I got cash and uh, throw it in my rechargeable card, and uh, you know, hit it up today. And I got caught up on bills, and because the electric goes up higher when you use the central AC during the summer, I can't breathe if it gets too hot. So, yeah, uh, I'm like, you know, it was all good. Cool. That's cool. So uh, yeah, that's I I basically been selling my the comics that I have and just flipping the money into buying more comics. So <laughs> you know, it's it's not so much a sale as it is a trade, right? Well, I mean that's a good way to look at it. Trading, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great way to look at it. There she blows. There it is. Now there this is, is. The, this is the second issue. Second book, yep, volume two. Yep. yep. So uh tell us about First Man. First Man is uh his alter ego. Well, let me give the the pitch where I include things that people already know so they can get a better picture in their head. It's Peter Parker, Spider-Man's sensibilities and sense of humor, mixed in with a little Billy Batson Shazam, because Billy Batson literally physically transforms from a kid to the adult and Luke Henry, who is the alter ego of first man literally transforms from a five foot 10 skinny freshman in college into this seven foot tall uh, hero. And that is not a costume that can come off. That is just him when he's in that form. And then there's a little bit of captain Marvel, the Jim Starlin type cosmic stuff that uh, he was kind of doing as well. So I, I kind of mixed all those up because that's stuff I really enjoyed as a kid and created this character. So this one's called Learning Curve because at the point in his life when this story takes place after the first book, he's only been a hero or had these powers for about three weeks, four weeks tops. He's now back on Earth after the events of the first book. That was mostly in outer space. He's now back on Earth. And he has to learn. He has to learn what it is 
to be a hero, to, to use his powers, how to use them, how to be a hero, how to juggle life as a freshman in college. Uh, who's, you know, he meets a girl in college. He lives at home with his mom and dad. And they're the only other two people that know his secret. He didn't want to, he probably could have kept it from him, but he didn't want to. He's that, he's just that type of person. Uh, he's a, you know, he's the only child. So he shares everything with him. And he was a really good kid. And that's part of the reason that he was chosen to hold this power is because of uh, his character makeup. Um, so anyhow, he's back on earth. He meets up, or I should say the fourth world foundation, which is a, a group of four scientists. We can see two of them up there on that cover shot. They, uh, they create a being known as Adonis. It's an AI uh, uh, being of pretty sizable power. And they discover this new hero flying around New York and they start scheming basically how can we use him to our benefit without leading on that we're using him, you know? So that's where the conflict comes in is these four guys, uh, the four characters of the fourth world foundation try to ensnare first man into their, their web, I guess. And, use him for his abilities and his powers to help out their creation, Adonis. And obviously things don't go properly. And like any good superhero book, there's going to be a battle, but there's going to be a challenge for Luke to overcome. Just once again, even though he's in this heroic form, he still has those feelings and insecurities that an 18 year old has. You know, mm -hmm. so he doesn't transform to this seven foot tall buff guy and his mindset changes as well. He still has to deal with with whatever issues he has in his life. But he also has to realize people don't see him as the 510 kid. They see this superhero in front of him. So, you know, it's a it's it's an adventure in learning. It's an adventure in uh Obviously, good fun superhero action. Uh, I kind of come through, come from a a school of when I was reading comics as a kid, and I could be thinking of this totally wrong, but my memory tells me that comics back then, and some today, but comics back then almost followed like a one third, two third rule. And one third, and what I mean by that is if you picked up a Spider-Man out of 21 pages of comic story, seven pages would be Peter Parker, 14 pages would be Spider-Man, but they would be intermixed. You know, you wouldn't have, mm -hmm. and you could have an issue where it's like seven flat of Parker, Daily Bugle stuff, MJ stuff. Oh shit, here's the threat, change the Spider-Man, rest of the issue. But more often than not, it was like, it was those seven pages sprinkled through the book. And, and it just, and like I said, I still read silver age books when I, I'm going to Megacon this weekend as a guest, oh, nice. I'll be buying some back issues. And I just feel that that was like a formula those books had. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they were half, half, you know? Uh, and, and definitely when you have a long running character like a Spider-Man, you, you can obviously go, hey, guys, we're going to do this whole issue where it's two pages of Spider-Man and 19 pages of Peter Parker. But that's a nice breather 
when you do a book a month for, you know, 12 months and then years and so on and so forth. But when I'm doing basically a book every sec seven or eight months and it's, you know, and it's bigger than 21 pages, I'm going to try and stick to that, that rule of thumb of for me and, you know, my co-writers on the same page with it of let's do some Luke Henry stuff, get some, get some nice human story in here, backstory with Luke Henry but I think we can do that in a third of the book and then the other two thirds can be the superhero stuff. And like I said, it's intermixed. So it's not front loaded or back loaded either way. So that's how that's, that's kind of like our philosophy on constructing these stories. Because I, you know, if I'm buying a book titled Spider-Man, I don't want to pick it up and go, huh? Oh, he's on the last page. That's cool. All right. <laughs> Cause then it's like, it should be called Peter Parker. Yeah. So. Well, one used to be. Uh, <laughs> well, right. It was Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, but you know what I mean. So Yeah, and I'm old enough yeah. to remember buying that off the spinner rack when it first came out. So do I. I think I still have issue one off the spinner I, rack. I, so. I, 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 It's not the original one, but yeah, I do. I I had that. I go I go through phases with buying. Like, you remember the, you remember like the classic ads? that were like the in-house ads mm -hmm. for like Marvel oh. and DC. And there was always a book there. You go, that looks so cool. I want that book. But you didn't really have much choice if you went to like two or three like local like, you know. Convenience stores. Convenience stores yeah. or pharmacies or whatever, you know, before CVS took them all over. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you hit a couple of, you hit like two or three spinner racks, you know, every month and you couldn't find, you know, you couldn't find this one book that they kept advertising and, you know, you're like, mm. and uh, so I, I went on a tear for uh, before I fell ill for about, I say for like a good year and a half buying these books, some of which I knew nothing about. Like uh, DC had a book called Justice Inc. Oh yeah. Yep. And I saw the first issue and the cover looked cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book, uh, and you know, turns out uh, not so much. Uh, but Dynamite got a hold of it because it was a free, you know, it was an open source yeah. property, and they did their version. So you know, somewhere in a box, I've got the original one from DC, and then the Dynamite, you know, version. You know, if I want to, you know, yeah. dis display like a couple, just a couple of cool covers. But sure, yes. Yeah, so you know, I was going on a, I was going on a, a, a big thing for that, and. Uh, and also buying uh, before they went up again for like the millionth time, uh, buying some uh, very nice uh, silver and bronze age X stuff. So, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, uh, I've got the uh, I've got the first Banshee over here somewhere. Oh, and, uh, I love that one, and they reprinted it in issue seventy six, I think, when they were doing their reprint phase, the, re the reprint run. And, it has a nice uh, Gil Kane cover. But I tell you what, I still like that. Uh, I love the Banshee. I always like the stupid B-list characters, C-list characters. And I just love the Banshee. I love the costume design. And that's one of those X-books that I want to get both. I want to get the first appearance, issue 22 or something. And mm -hmm. then I want to get the reprint, 76, just so I can have both. So, And I used to have it as a kid, but oh well. Yeah, like I'll always buy the reprint of Giant Size X Men One because, uh, yeah. well, I 
I, there's no way I can afford the original. So, right. <laughs> you know, unless somebody says, hey, I got these comics. They've been in the attic. You want them? Sure. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. A friend of mine got lucky like that. We both ended up having like serious medical problems, like about six months apart. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, he, because he would he would cruise around and hit the hit the yard sales, and he pulled up to one house, and the uh, the lady had like two or three shot boxes of comics on the table, and he was going through them, and you know asked her, he goes, he goes, what are you looking for these? He was a piece or all of them. He's like, all of them. He was, well, I have more boxes in the house. And he looked, they looked through and uh, her husband had passed away. It was his collection. And he had, he had the old school list of what he had. Oh yeah. Like typed out on the word processor and printed oh, yeah. out, you know, you know, many generations before the CLZ app. And yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, you know, he he made her a you know he made her a you know a fair a fair offer on it, and uh, she's like, gladly. Would you like me to help you carry them to your? Car? <laughs> he goes, no. He goes, if you could wait, I'll go home and get my brother's van. I'll be right back and take. We'll take them all off your hands. Nice. And there was one short box. The only thing in that short box was. Multiple, multiple, multiple copies of all four issues of the Wolverine miniseries. Oh wow! Yeah, I still had. I, I bought that off the rack, brand new. Luckily, I kept them in great condition. I got the first one slab last year because I got the trade paperback. What do I care? And I think it came back at like a nine or eight five. So. I actually got mine uh, one afternoon. I was covering the working at the LCS and uh, you get this influx of college students mm -hmm. that all summer long, they're buying comics and collecting stuff. And then it's time to go back to school and they realize they don't have enough money for labs and books. So they need to sell all their comics. Yeah. And are, you know, very disgruntled when they find out that a store isn't going to pay you what the guy told tells you oh, no. they may or may not be worth. So uh, he came in and uh, the shop I was working at uh, has a, has a pretty strict policy. They don't buy anything because when he bought the store, they had like over a hundred thousand back issues. Yeah. Uh, so he's been working off that same stock for a number of years. He's bought a couple of collections. You just couldn't say no to like when somebody brings in a, a, a long box all in mylars of uh, AF15 and ASM, like one through 99. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, you like this. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to buy it off you in payments, but right. I'll buy it off you. And, you know, sure. you know, something like that. But this kid came in and he's like, you look, I've got, you know, I've got these, I've got these old books. And I need to sell them because I'm going back to college uh, next week. I go, well, I can take a look at them. They're not buying right now, but I'll take a look at them. I'll give you an idea, you know, what they, you know, what they might be worth. And if it's something I'm personally interested in, I can make you an offer. He's like, sure. okay. I was a nightclub DJ for 30 years. 
So mm-hmm. I always had like, you know, stacks of ones in my pocket from uh, people, you know, tossing yeah. money at me to play songs. And uh, so I looked through and like the first 50 books were, you know, like spawn number one through like 10 or something, multiple copies. And I'm like, oh, more spawn. And then I get to the back and it's the first appearance of Gambit. And it's that Wolverine miniseries that he bought off of that same store (laughs) because their, their price stickers with their name on it are still on it. And I'm like, I go, I know you paid a lot for this, but this is what I can give you. And he's like, fine, I don't care. So I ended up getting two first appearances of Gambit and the Wolverine series. Uh, I, I called the owner and I'm like, I know you don't buy anything, but I bought stuff on, on your behalf. And since I bought it in your store, uh, I'm keeping the good stuff. But you've got a half a box of Spawn and like 50 back issues of uh, X-Men that I didn't need. Right. He's like, good enough. There you go. You know, so, you know, stuff stuff like stuff like that happened. Uh, that's that's kind of like the best thing comic wise that that pretty much happened to me there's been sure. some there's been some other things like you forget what you're what you're collecting or you buy something on on a whim well luckily i bought a new mutants 98 on the whim i didn't even know i bought it i bought like cool. the last three or four issues of the series cool. on recommendation from a friend of mine i didn't know i had it and i was going through a box and i'm like you know i'm screaming holy shit at the top of my lungs and you know that's cool. It was, you know, it was exciting because they're like, don't, don't you know what you own? I'm like, dude, I was in a coma for three months. I don't even know my name right now. Right. <laughs> it's like, don't pick on me. I'm old. I hear you. But let's take a look at this trailer. Sure. Because, you know, why not? Yeah, of course. Gotcha. Luke Henry, after kicking Monarch's ass to the death, is looking to save the world from the Fourth World Foundation. Sure, he had help from Penumbra before, but she's not helping him this time. He's got to face it on his own. He's come for a villain known as Adonis. He'll do it. He'll be there. Back it now. First man, two. Learning. Nice. Thank you. Short and sweet, right to the That's point. That's right. Right to the point. Right to the point. Back this book. Exactly. Did you uh did you do the uh trailer yourself? Uh no, I had a buddy do it. Or I I, I a friend of mine, Graham Nolan, I liked his trailer, so I hired his guy, and his guy actually did one, no voiceover, and it was a minute long, and I loved it. And then I was I was on Ethan's channel, and he was like, "Hey, do me a voiceover while we play this trailer." I'm like, "Okay." So he played the minute long trailer, and I just riffed. And then he sent it to a mutual friend of ours, and the mutual friend cut it down to 30 seconds and edited out, you know, edited some of what I said, uh, changed the music, and then added some effect to my voice. And I was like, "Holy crap, that's awesome!" So it has, you know, it's 30 seconds shorter, 
but it has the same impact because I still really like the one the guy did for me and I kind of switch them back and forth, but it's got the same impact and everything. So yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I know. I know Graham. I got to, I got to meet him uh, before the world went to shite. Uh, I, uh, the uh, content delivery manager for Outright Geekery, and I was covering Rhode Island Comic Con back in 2019. Yeah, and and he was one of the guests. And yeah, I've, great. I've talked to him back and forth, you know, online and everything. And I interviewed him uh, for the site when uh, just before he was releasing the Chanu. Yeah, he's great. And so. uh, you know, so it was cool. Uh, it was hilarious too. Somebody actually dressed up as as classic bane and the dude was like seven five wow he was just like some big big dude and uh you know he he ran over and, and got his got his picture taken but i got to meet i got to meet like a whole bunch of people that weekend uh i was thrilled that's cool uh you know i got to meet neil who oh, i nice who i grew up and hey i got him in a good mood because it was before anybody came in and you know got him mad so uh <laughs> uh I got to meet Neil, uh Bill McKay, uh a favorite of mine, Mike Grell. Oh, sweet. Um uh Tom Mandrake and uh and mm-hmm. quite a quite a few others. Uh Joe St. Pierre was there. Cool. And he had done he had just done a uh an alternate cover on one of my friends indie comics. Oh, nice! That we're uh, displaying downstairs. So you know, I had I had a I had a I had a great time. Uh, it was the first convention since I was in a coma, uh, and I had somebody pushing me around in a wheelchair. So you know, I couldn't really complain much. That's cool. You know, so yeah, cool. See, I ramble a lot too. Uh, That's okay. So yeah, so we've got the preview art, of course, showing some of the insides. I love the colors on this man. This is amazing. Yeah, she uh, it's a I, it's a woman out of Italy that does the coloring. She's great. It's like it's like she's those really, clouds just they look real. Yeah, she's really really good. So. Two-page spread, which, you know, with Indiegogo, it looks smaller, but it's a two-page spread. So. It's a two-page spread that we crunch down into, like, this little piece. Exactly. They don't mess around with the width. You've got certain width to work with. So if it's a two-page spread, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It'll be there, but it'll be crunched down a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. First man, so, yeah. Marnock. Yeah. Is the big bad. Yep. So yeah, did some character bio so people can kind of catch up on the story. And of course, you know, there's a there's a reward tier where if you want to get one and two because you missed one, well, it's there. You can get both books, one and two. I um, always I always like to see that, like, you know, a catch-up tier. Oh yeah. I, I did that with and I should be getting it like any day now, but uh Matt Knowles and Steph Cannon, their their combined uh, universe. Uh, her main story has uh, has like almost a two hundred page trade, which encompasses everything up to the book that they 
just did that was a crossover. Oh, cool. And, uh, but Matt's is uh, like almost 500 pages. Oh, wow. Uh, and I didn't have money the last time I came across them, but I was I was like really interested in the project. And I was like, he goes, there's a ketchup tier, right? He goes, there's a ketchup tier that has everything we've ever done. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> so uh, I, I I bought that. It was that was actually the most I've ever spent on a uh, on a crowdfund. Wow, uh, that's cool. You know, it was, it was like 170, 175 dollars. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god! Thank you, stimulus check. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what did the government buy you? Comics. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> exactly. There's that... Bart's. There's Bart's cover. I read. I, I can recognize that line work anywhere. Yep. Yep. Always got to have my man do something for me. So. I still love his work. Yep. So do I. The parody ad is back too. Yep. I did one in the first book. Had to bring one back. New one, of course. All okay. New this, material. Is, this, this, is, this is awesome because this is my childhood right here. Same ex here. Ex except, it, you know, it would have been... Uh, you know, it would have been like, you know, Batman and Robin or, uh, you know, Spider-Man or the Hulk or something. Yeah, that's why I did it, because I got into the business too late. As I say, I got in when they stopped doing those and I was like, damn it. So now I have a chance to do my own. So I try to do them in a throwback retro style and and everything. So. Oh, yeah, these are great. Oh, my God. I half baked that idea. Yep. My uh my buddy Rob Snyder, who I co-write the book with, did a fantastic job. He wrote the one in the first book as well. So if you go to the campaign page, anybody watching, just read it. You'll get a chuckle, I guarantee it. So and of course, if you want to get a piece of original art, uh, you can do a head sketch and I will nice. uh, draw whatever character you would like. And then below that is the full figure sketch. And if uh, same thing, I will draw whatever character you request for the full figure sketch as well. Well, these are these are like amazing prices, too. Thank you. Because uh, it would be a lot more at the convention next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or this weekend, rather. Right. The program books, the extra 40 page book. It was with the first campaign. But once again, if you didn't get the first one. You can still get it. It's uh, It has guest artists doing their renditions of First Man as well as uh, page layouts and sketches and behind-the-scenes stuff that went into making the First Man graphic novel. Oh, so, that's cool. I like seeing all that stuff. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people do. I mean, I know as an artist, I especially do, but I've met a lot of other people that are just collectors that like seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff and, of course, different takes by you know, different popular yeah, artists as geez. well. And so. uh, Mr. Popularity over there, Adam Hughes, Brian Hedge, Alan Davis, George Perez, Bart Sears. There's about 15 of them total by different yeah. guys. Those yeah, are just yeah. a few. Yeah, at least you're not dropping names. Uh, right. I could have <laughs> dropped the whole list. I should probably go in and drop the whole list just because so, I only show those few. But I should drop the whole list, actually. I should do that. <laughs> now that I think about it, edit edit that in. Put all the put all the names and well, you know blocked out and 
type in the names in is easy. Showing all the artwork would take up too much space. Got to yeah. leave something for the imagination. Yeah, that would be too much space. You just add, just add the names. That's right. Yeah, I just so, got, yeah, everybody, uh, everybody I just got, I just got a piece of uh, of art from George uh, last year, and I'm thrilled because I'm like, oh, nice. I got him and Mark to both sign it. So, oh, sweet. Sweet. Yeah, so we got the four by six trading card, double-sided, everybody's going to get. Nice. Uh, the metal bookmark featuring Penumbra, everybody's going to get one of those now. Cool. And like I said, it's nice and metal, it's shiny, it's heavy. And uh, the mini print is the next stretch goal, and I'm working on the mini print now. And then uh, more story pages and so on and so forth, so... Very cool. Thanks. And there's only five days left. Of the first 30, yeah. Oh, okay. This is just the first 30. Yep. And we're gonna uh you're gonna you're gonna trigger the algorithm and uh and and come back for the next 30. That's right. Good. Good. That way I have oh, some. Oh look time. at that, got a backer. Woohoo! Yay. Nice! It's been a good nice. day today. Thank you we so got much. I on my stream at one for uh, for Marv and uh, two seventy two. Five days left for the first thirty, but uh, you pretty much sold me on this from the Hostess Pie commercial. <laughs> it's, it's hosted. Like, it's hosted, by the way. Ho hosting, yeah, right. Hosted. Can't use hostess. No, so, no. Drop those s's and add a d. Hosted. Yeah, so. I, I said it the right way. It's just that I don't have any teeth in, so uh, no, you're it, sound, it sounded funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. So, so the featured tier is the program book and one and two. And it says one point two, but it's it's volume one and two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, so all all three books for sixty five dollars. Yep, that's a good deal. Yep, 64 pages for the books, and then the program book is 40. And the books are square bound. The program book is stapled because there's an actual – the other thing I did in the program book, kind of like old school comics, I did a pinup. It's a double-page spread, so when you get to the center of it, if you want to pop the staples, you can pull it out and then close the staples again. Don't tease me into ruining a perfectly good book. <laughs> Oh, buy Dang. two. <laughs> buy two. There, I've got them. <laughs> That's right. And uh, volume two, the Andy Smith cover. Yep. And then Bart's cover. Bart's cover. That's cool. Yeah. And then one and two, my covers. Nice. And then. One and two, or two, mine and Bart's covers, if you want to get both covers. And then, yeah, the head sketch stuff. Head sketch commission. There is the fabulous bundle, which is everything, which is Bart's variant covers from one and two, my covers for one and two, and the program book. So five things. You know, still still not bad. Now, how many, yeah. page, how many pages is this now? The book itself is 64. 64 pages. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a nice fact graphic novel. Yeah. And then the figure, and then uh, if you want to be drawn in the book, 
you get four copies of the book along with a nice close-up of yourself drawn into the book with a word balloon saying something we'll figure out later and uh yeah so you can get four copy four copies come with that tier so you get four copies one for yourself three to give away or four for yourself whatever you want to do with them yeah so and and i actually only had it for one and it sold out so i figured i'd add three more so oh, if nice. somebody gets them that's cool if not that's cool too and so. yeah this this is the one that sold out and then you added these three i got you yeah yeah that's cool everybody likes to be in a comic i'm like yeah you know it's like nice, you, want, you want to be in a movie well, i'd rather be in a comic yeah, it'll oh, be I can another, do that. It'll be a panel. Actually, it'll be a panel about the size of that one of the dad at the bottom there yelling at his kid. That's cool. about the size the head would be drawn. So you'll be able to tell who it is. You're not going to be some face in a crowd. You're going to get your own panel as a close-up. Are you ready for your close-up? You know, be like, I'm not your huckleberry. Leave me alone. That's right. <laughs> Very, very cool. Thank you. I dig it. I mean, I, I saw you on a, I saw you in a couple other streams, and I'm like, yo, I gotta get this dude on. I gotta find out more about this book. Yeah. Well, hey, anytime, man. I like doing this stuff. It's fun. It's fun getting to know more people in the in the community and just chatting and stuff. Yeah, it was like, uh, you know, last year it was kind of like. What would you do if we didn't have COVID? I go, uh, I'd be going to like three or four more conventions, hanging out in Artist Alley, talking to comic book creators. Yeah, exactly. Goes, well, here's here's a stimulus check. Buy yourself a camera and a microphone. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then I then I got hooked on streaming like it was crack or something. Yeah, and, it's fun. And I, oh man, I do this show a minimum of three days a week oh that's cool so i do that i do creators outlet uh monday tuesday and friday uh last week i i added an extra show this week i added an extra show uh wednesday nights i do a show at 11 p.m with uh with an artist that i'm friends with uh sean howe oh, cool. uh, we call it the sean zilla art show um, nice and then uh, Thursdays, I do a show which uh, you will find hilarious, if for nothing but the name, uh, uh, the OK Boomer Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where we we just we just uh, go on like the old spinner racks, you know, gold and silver, yeah, you know, bronze and copper books, and uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like a you know a back issue comic book history. Yeah, you know, oh, so. That's cool. And it's it's fun for us because you know we get to read you know old stuff and uh, I I do it with uh, another guy from Outright Geekery and you know one week he picks one week I pick and uh, you know so it's a it's a lot of fun. This week he he picked uh, issues eleven and twelve of the Tick from New England Comics, so uh, I get to read some some crazy wacky stuff from uh, the eighties and nineties and cool that's cool we talk about it but uh yeah i'm i'm definitely gonna get on this be before it ends thank you uh, you got me with that parody ad yeah that, I, I saw that and i'm like oh 
it's funny too. You got to give it a read. It is, uh, it is so good. My Rob did a great job with the the text dialogue and stuff. It's the premise and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, it it looks great. The colors are popping, like I said. And I mean, there's there's you know there's 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 no uh, there's no touch in the art. I mean, you get yourself you. in. Uh, you know, a few friends of uh, some notoriety, some notoriety, uh, lending a hand on covers and and stuff. So, I mean, it's man, it's a great project. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's uh, it is a you know, people say dream come true, but after doing you know, after doing uh, Marvel and DC stuff, which I really enjoyed. Don't get me wrong, I had a blast doing that stuff. I got to work on characters that i always wanted to draw as a kid but you know now i can finally do this and uh check something off the old bucket list so yeah and it's you can fun. You, you can take it in the, the direction you want it's not here's what the story is get right. to it exactly you know exactly you know you have creative control on everything and uh and it it looks it looks very cool this Thank is you. uh uh you know, between between that ad and uh, you know the uh, the tip of the hat to Shazam, or as I like to call him, the original Captain Marvel. It is, uh, you but know, you know, because I because I throw in that other Captain Marvel Marvel cosmic in the bowl to mix it all around. I do say Shazam. Now, if it wasn't for that, I would just say Captain Marvel and leave it at that for the DC one, but. I don't want to confuse people. So, yeah. So, I mean, th this is this is great, and uh, you're 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 doing, uh, you know, really well. Two hundred and seventy two hundred and seventy two backers. Uh, you know, three hundred and twenty six percent of gold. You know that's not that's not bad for the first thirty, huh? Yeah, no, I'm happy. As you know, as my sarcasm rips in, uh, <laughs> I hear you. Cool. So, how long? Uh, how long an arc are you uh, envisioning for uh, First Man? Well, I mean, each story, each book is self-contained. Oh, um, cool. There is a. I do have a volume three planned with my buddy rob and we've talked about the ideas for it and stuff so we do have a volume three planned for it so and i mean there could be more after that but you know since since the time these take to do i'm good with yeah. just uh looking to volume three after this one and then we'll we'll figure it out from there yeah either you know either <clears throat> more first man or you might have or something else know, you might have one or two ideas still floating around of of other things. Yeah. You know. Exactly. I mean, so I we'll mean, see. You've only been in the business 30 years, you know. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's all. God, man, 30 years. Been in yep. the comic business long enough to look like Yul Brenner. You're doing something good. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so I want to thank you for coming and hanging out. Uh, thank you. Why don't you just let everybody know where they can uh, find and follow you online on social media so they can oh, sure. uh, see what you got going on. 
Yeah, Andy Smith Art, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Just uh, go to YouTube, search Andy Smith, and you will find probably a thumbnail with this guy looking at you. And uh, go to the channel, subscribe to it. I do a morning show at around 8.30 daily for about an hour where I'm talking, I'm drawing, going over old comics of mine, stuff like that. It's rather entertaining if I do say so. The chat seems to like it. So uh, check it out. Uh, hit the subscribe button because as we both know, it don't cost nothing. And it's, uh, it's check it out. Yeah, it's yeah ring, ring the bell, set it for all notifications. That's right. And, uh... Hit that bell for notifications, all notifications. Mm-hmm. And uh, there you go. That's where I can be found. And back first, man. Back first, man first. That's right. And uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. Uh, this will be downloaded and uploaded to my podcast platform. So a little later on tonight, this will be available anywhere you can get a podcast. Very nice. So uh, it was it was great finally getting to meet you, Andy. And you too. Uh, I'll, lo- I'll look forward to... Uh, back in this book and uh and and probably just like staring at at the parody ads in both issues beautiful <laughs> maybe you should make a like a poster size one or like a print size one as as a you know as a as I mean, a perk people seem to like them so i'll have to i'll, I'll have to give it some thought because people do seem to like them I, I enjoy the hell out of them, so. Yeah. Oh, I, I would frame and put one of those on my wall. Easy. You know. Cool. That way all my friends around my age would be like, oh, I remember those. Go, exactly. Yeah. It's it's not one of those. It's just a parody of one of those, which That's makes right. it even better. Exactly. You know, exactly. So. Cool. All right. Uh, Thanks once again, and uh, we'll catch everybody later. Don't forget to download uh, this and share out the campaign. That's and right. if you haven't backed it, of course, back it. And uh, you'll be able to share out this stream and the podcast uh, a little later on this evening. And once that's up, I will uh, I will post the Spotify links all over the place and tag you in them. Nice. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Bye-bye.